Well, good morning and welcome to Morning Java, brought to you as always by our friends at the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are still open and available for anyone who cares to drown their sorrows after a loss like the the Penguins. Uh, what was that? I'm checking the scoreboard here. Three to one. It felt like it was like seven to one or something. It was, it was so lopsided from the second period onward. Joined by Taylor Haas here elsewhere in the press box in such mm -hmm. pandemic times that we even have to do Java mm -hmm. like this. Um, Taylor, your immediate impression, like your general impression here, did the Penguins take a step backward here tonight? I mean, discipline-wise, I think they did. I think that's what really did them in in this one. Uh, I mean, they were, look, I'm looking at the shots, a 42 to 27 outshot, and and the biggest disparity was in the in the second period, and most of it came when they were in the penalty box, because they were in the box for, for eight minutes. Um, I mean, that's, I think, the story. Yeah, I mean, they they took some bad penalties in addition to just taking penalties. The Gino one right off the faceoff is the one that leaps to mind. I mean, you just you just can't do that. Uh, but I I look at uh, right off the bat in the second period, uh, Jake Gensel off the faceoff loses body position on 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 Richard Ponick, where he he all he has to do and Mike Sullivan preaches this constantly is maintain. You know, front the guy, front the guy. The Ponick goes around him. Jake has really no choice there but to hook him at the end there. And then, you know, everything starts going haywire. Yeah, I mean, the first line was obviously very quiet. Uh, and the second, the, the second line, we didn't really see anything from either. And that's why they did change up the line, the line combinations midway uh, early in the third period. Um, they tried it a couple different things. Zucker was taken off there for a bit. Kapanen was bumped down. Uh, Tanev was bumped up. But I mean, I, I just think, you know, they, they couldn't come back from that second period. Tanev's going to be that guy, isn't he? <laughs> He's gonna, like, every time your line stinks, it's yeah. just going to be, let's try Tanev there. Yeah. I mean, if you need to add a boost, if you need to add energy to any line, I mean, Tanev, uh, no better option. See, th this gets to the point about, like, as, as I asked uh, a couple of the players about their, the, I don't remember the exact word I used here, whether it was energy or something like that afterward. And they were like, oh, no, I thought it was fine. thought it was fine. And, and I don't agree. I thought Washington came out as if this was a playoff game, which really, when you look at the standings right now, Taylor, they're, Pittsburgh and Washington are the four and five everybody expected. Yeah, I mean, energy, but I mean, momentum too. Like I, I keep talking about the penalties. The, the Caps didn't get a power play goal, but it – when you're going shorthanded, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you, you can't build a momentum, you can't build rhythm. So it's going to be tough to come out with energy, you know, when there, there's no momentum. Uh, anybody looking for a bright spot, I guess, can point to Zach Aston Reese getting his third goal in three games, I guess. I mean, th this didn't feel like it meant much. He basically fired into an open net against a goaltender who's nothing special. Um, but you know what? If you're looking for support scoring, if you're looking for depth scoring, um, he's always had that pedigree. You know, the it, it, as Mike Sullivan said to us after the game, the only league he hasn't scored in is the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that matters. I mean, when coming into this season, he had only put together back-to-back -to -back goals one other time before, and now he has three and three. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's huge. And I think, you know, maybe part of it is he's mentioned it before when, when he, you know, came back to practice is that um, his shoulder injury goes back to his first season in the NHL. Yeah. Uh, 
mm-hmm. and it just it just weakened over time. So he's been playing with like a you know shoulder that really wasn't functioning the way it should pretty much his entire NHL career. Right. Um. And he he spoke about you know how that that matters with like hesitation, like going into you know battles along the board, you're just like, being physical and I mean scoring it has to you know play a factor in there too. So now that he has a shoulder that he says is work feels better than ever, I mean that. Play, that plays a role here. It does, and and you have to wonder, like you said, to the beginning of his time with the Penguins. But if you go back to the very beginning when he first came up from Wilkesbury, and he was scoring like crazy, it was like I want to say, I, I'm 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 overstating it, but it was like five goals in his first ten NHL games, and they were very Patrick Hornquisty goals. You know, they were all like right around the net, and him smashing the puck home from two feet out. And you thought to you, I mean, there were people actually, there were fans discussing at the time, well, this could be, you know, this is, this makes Hornquist expendable, which of course it didn't, but it, it, it gave you pause for what this kid could be coming out of college. And then of course he, he just didn't score. Not only that Taylor, but he didn't really show a scoring touch. Like he still got chances. You know what I'm talking about? He'd get and he'd put this lame little low shot that with the goalie would just easily stick away. And you wonder, where is this touch? Where has it been? Yeah, I mean, he has always been that kind of like Hornquist player, that kind of role. But I mean, mm-hmm. offense aside, I think he's so, he's so underrated. Like, I, Penguins fans, like, I don't know, like I wrote about, you know, when he was coming back and, you know, how big this was for, for that line. And you get comments like pe- people underrate him. They don't, you know, see what he brings, but just like his defensive game and, I mean, you see it on the ice. You see it uh, reflected in in the numbers after the game because Tanev and Bluger, you know, together with Zach Asadrisa, without Zach Asadrisa on, on that line. Do you the, remember the, that? Yeah, it's happening this They're, season. It's not, I'm not just talking last about season. this season, but but it was last season. It was dramatic. Last, like, well, it was. Yeah, the, it was the, their line just fell off a cliff without him. Yeah, and we're seeing you know small, small sample size, but we're seeing a little bit of that this season too, and. That's just exactly what you want for that bottom six line. They're they're controlling the majority of the shot attempts, even if you know they're they're not scoring a whole lot. They're controlling the majority of the shot attempts when they're on the ice, even though they're getting most of their. They're not really starting in the offensive zone that often, so they're starting in their own zone uh, the majority of the time, and most of the shot attempts are coming at the other end of the ice. Uh, and I mean, Aston Reese is a big part of that. So somewhere in this building, I actually don't know where, but Ron Hextall and Brian Burke. We're watching this game, and there's no way they could have been pleased with much of anything. And I would actually include the first period in that because I thought, even though the Penguins controlled the puck on the power play, my goodness, put a couple of those away, you know, um, you know, make a difference, be a little authoritative around the net. Um, if you're those guys and you're watching this, what's your like, you know, what's your immediate impression? Yeah, I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, because they were here last game, too, and it's just kind of night and day. It, really, the effort we we saw, um, so I, I effort, I know I, it's not all the effort. I talked to the momentum, you know, in the first segment, but I, effort just wasn't there. So that would be my first takeaway from this game compared to last game because they saw last game, too. I mean, that stands out to me. I, You know, I can't get over, and I won't get over the fact that Ron Hextall's job in Philadelphia was compromised primarily by one position, and that was goaltending. 
Uh, and, the coach, or most of all. <laughs> no, 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 no. But no, yeah. no, I understand that. But but the pressure that he was getting from above wasn't just about Dave Haxtell. It was to get Carter Hart up uh, from from Allentown, and he didn't want to do it. He and as a result, he had no goaltending. And I just can't see Hextall doing that to himself in back-to-back -back jobs. If he doesn't see impact goaltending, like we can say all we want. And, you know, Mike Sullivan said too, I thought Tristan was fine and whatever else. Fine isn't going to cut it in this division. It's just not. This team needs, I really believe this, and I believe this from the beginning of the season, Taylor, that this team needs elite-level goaltending in order to make the playoffs. And I still just don't see any signs of it. I mean, yeah, I don't think this game is a great example of that when they're outshot 42 to 2017 right. or, or to 27. If you look at that and say like goaltending, that's, that, that's no, 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 I get it. I'm not, I'm not referring to this game when no. I say that I'm talking about, that's why I brought up, it's about the first impressions that these yeah. guys are having. But I mean, you know? last, they were here last game too. Last game, Jari was pretty good. I mean, they, he led them three goals one of them you can put directly on him, um, just mis mishandling the puck. But I mean, one of them it like you know went in off of Marino and he lost. Like it last game, Jari was really good. So I, I I still don't know now. He's not the number one. I think they need him to be. Uh, if you look around, you know the division. But but what do you but what do you do? I you gotta go get a goal That's from who? Do. You got goaltender money. <laughs> I don't have maybe they'll take maybe they'll take Mike Matheson and his free pass into the into the defensive zone down there on that one uh, on on that one Washington. Goal. Yeah. Okay. I think the only GM that would take on Matheson's contract is no longer working for the Penguins. I think he's gone. So <laughs> well, you're not going to get math get goaltender money. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, the Ottawa Senators still exist, so I I, I wouldn't rule out anything. Um. <laughs> You want I, Murray, but you want their goalie. Let's put it this way: I, I think that when you're talking about these, these, these two gentlemen, um, between uh, between Hextall and Burke, if you're looking at this team and you're thinking that there needs to be a change, you're thinking that there needs to be an impact. You're not thinking about the third line or the fourth line or the third defense pairing or 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 the coach or anything dramatic like that. But you can very reasonably go and get yourself an NHL goaltender. It doesn't have to be a superstar. It doesn't have to be someone who's a drain on your salary cap. Uh, you'll have to do something to get it. But look, these are the two guys, Taylor, that were telling us when they were introduced that they're all about this season. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, they're not starting the rebuild now. I mean, you right. can't rebuild when you don't have a first-round pick. There's nothing to tank for. They're not picking in the first round or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. But I mean, so go I get a goalie. Yeah, I I think to to get a goalie, the the best asset they have that they can move out, um, so nice. maybe bring no. Well, they don't really have that either. I'm talking about no, the they don't do they. The players <laughs> on the ice. If, if you're looking for a goalie, you wanna if you wanna move out a valuable asset and you wanna free up cap space that would be needed to get a goalie. I think your best bet is gonna be Brian Dumoulin, and he's not healthy. They have oh. they have their they have a really lot of guys. Point. Yeah, they yeah. have a lot of guys on the left side. Um, you, you figure one of them's probably going to move at some point. You're not moving P.O. Rikla is not going to get you anything. Matheson, again, you're, you would have to pay someone to take Matheson. It comes down to Pedersen and Dumoulin, and Dumoulin would, would get you more than, than Pedersen. Oh, I don't know. With Pedersen's age? Oh, I don't know. I think Pedersen would be even more valuable, but that's that's debatable, I guess, because you know Dumoulin won the two cups and everything else. Du but Dumoulin's more proven. Let's put it this way. It's a left-handed defenseman. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think we can agree on that. We're not even mentioning that Yuso Rikul is still out and guys like that. I mean, the Penguins have so many. They went from zero left-handed defensemen to all of the, you know, by the time Dumoulin and, and Rikul have come back, they're going to have an abundance of them. Move one or two of those guys. And, hey, you know what? Throw Matheson in. You know, to, to what, are you gonna, what are you going to pay them to take Matheson? <laughs> I don't know. You'd have Whatever to throw in a pick that they don't have. Like, <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs>